never, ever marks this spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Dracarys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report. The podcast has their, that has their plan all figured out as soon as we can get our hands on that warp whistle. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me normally would be my brother, Peter. Um, however, he ran into a family issue and couldn't make it. And when he said, I can do my best to be here, I said, family comes first. I understand. So um, as much as we like having him along for the ride, he is not with us tonight. So filling his seat is, our, is my other brother, Scott. Scott, how's it going, man? What's up, people? I totally got that reference. It took me about three seconds. I was like, what the heck? And then I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, at any rate, uh, you haven't been on the show since episode 100. Uh, that was kind of in the midst of COVID. And now we're like, COVID's rearing his ugly head again. So um, <laughs> what have you been up to uh, since we last talked? Are you watching anything? Are you reading anything? Are you just basically playing like video games only (laughs) (laughs) so uh since last we spoke i have added a new member to my family i've got a new baby boy so i've got two sons now instead of just one um so that takes up a lot of my time um the covid thing because of the pregnancy and the expecting of a child we never really got ourselves completely um on uh uh, completely casually comfortable with the whole thing you know we've been mask wearers whole time we've been more shut in than most people all through summer and now we're into cold season and of course the numbers are going back up um but we really didn't change too much of our routine around because we were already in like you know pretty decent lockdown status as it was uh so with the shut-in time um things i have watched i have watched the boys season one and season two i have not watched Uh, season two yet so um, it's pretty good it's pretty darn good um and the whole show in general is pretty good i won't spoil anything for you but the uh end of season one i was just like i was just like you know chomping at the bit for the next episode come on come on come on um and then what else have i done i have watched a movie called the old guard on netflix uh the old guard with Charlize Theron, it is oh, based on a comic movie yeah. or comic book. Uh, if you haven't seen that, that movie is awesome. Uh, very well written and uh, just a, a lot of fun and, and a new take on kind of like uh, supernatural people with superpowers kind of a thing. It's weird. I'm not the biggest. Historical fiction-ish, but it's done biggest. in modern, modern day. I'm not the biggest Charlize Theron fan. Um, like I like her stuff here and there, and she's like kind of she's one of those like hit or miss actresses for me. But I've never been like that massive fan of hers. So I think she's a really good actress. I think that she can chameleon herself a little bit, um, and I think that depending on the role she's playing, 
whether or not you like it or not. You know what I mean? Uh, what was it? Yeah. Was it Monster? Is that the yeah. name of the movie that she did? That movie was really hard. Yeah, that was, that, was her Oscar, that was her Oscar movie. Yeah, that one was really hard to watch, though. But, I mean, Oscar-worthy because of the because of the acting job she did but the story in general was just was just tough so i mean there's movies like that 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 she's been part of that are um tough watches but she's always done a really good job um but then there's also awesome movies that she's been into so um what else have i've been playing a lot of call of duty modern warfare and Warzone. that game is still (laughs) awesome and keeps my attention um, and the Halloween event was insane. Um, they added zombies to the battle Royale mode. So you're in there playing like this battle Royale mode, which is just like Fortnite. And, uh, instead of dying, you come back as a zombie and you run oh. out the map and you kill the people who are still alive. And if you kill enough people, you can come back to life and get back in the game and play it as a soldier again. Um, but the zombie works in a different way from soldiers. Like they've got super jumps and they move a little bit faster and they have like gurgly sounds and stuff. That's like kind of cool. Very cool. Very cool. And so they had that going the whole month of, uh, October, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, oh, I watched karate, not karate kid, Cobra Kai season one and two. Yeah. Yeah. That show is great, and you need to watch that show. I think last time we spoke, you hadn't seen it yet. But I have not. season one is is excellent. Season two is pretty good. Um, season one is excellent, and that show is done the way that you should do a show. If you're going to do something based on IP that already exists, and you're trying to do it in continuity, that is the way you should do it. You know, I mean, it it sure. is it is a seamless story from what you've seen before to the show that they put out recently. And I I can't believe that they were able to pay such good attention to what the source material was. So I got to give that show a lot of props. All right. Nice. Um, Is that it? I'm sure there's some other things in there, but those are the notable things. Okay. Well, there's one that we're going to talk about in a second. Um, and that is, uh, so on my end, I'm obviously I've kept up with the Mandalorian and, uh, chapter 10 or, uh, episode two, season two, however you want to word it has, is out. And that was probably the cutest, most, uh, creepiest episode of the Mandalorian that we've oh, ever that's seen. That's right. I've seen those two. I've seen those two episodes myself. And yeah, that was a very creepy episode. The most um, recent was episode two of season I've, two. I've seen some, uh, I've seen some talk online of some people saying that the spiders in uh, chapter 10 were uh, ripped off from Harry Potter. And for all you no, Harry, and I'm going to for all you Harry Potter fans out there, I'm going to put this to rest real quick. And I'm going to tell you that is not true. Those come from re- original Ralph McQuarrie artwork from Star Wars from back in the 80s. Yeah, uh, it was concept, this, it was concept art, concept uh, posters and concept drawings and that that image itself that spider is in one of those posters yeah and i'm sorry but it harry potter doesn't come over star wars <laughs> um, right and it's not like harry potter didn't get its spider idea from lord of the rings 
Right, exactly. And now, oh my we'll God, see... the, the Hobbit, there's a chapter all about spiders that talk to you. So, yeah, Peter and I talked, Peter and I talked about that a little bit uh, on the phone uh, when we were talking about how he couldn't come. And he mentioned that. And I was like, well, you know, I go, you know, I brought up the Harry Potter. I'm like, yeah, you know, Harry Potter probably pulled it from here and Star Wars probably pulled it from here. And Lord of the Rings probably pulled it from somewhere else. The idea of giant bugs is not but not, <laughs> not a new concept. And not I'm okay with that because things get copied and things get referenced and things get inspired by so many times yeah. in pop culture. Yeah. And and to the credit of all those Potterheads and Potter fans out there, um, you know, that was a movie and a book series that captured an entire generation or two through their books and through the movies. So there's people out there that think that other stuff was inspired by it. Uh, when actually it may have been inspired by something original or it may have been inspired by something that both of those genres were inspired by, you know, but, right. but to the, to the Harry Potter's credit or that <clears throat> franchise's credit, you know, they were as impactful enough that entire generations, you know, that's what they think of when they see these references. Right. Absolutely. Um, the one thing I want to say about the Mandalorian is I noticed it specifically in this episode. Um, and I, I feel like I've been noticing it more and more. Uh, but, uh, Compare it. You compare the Mandalorian. And when I say the Mandalorian, I'm specifically referring to Din Djarin, the main character of that show. Um, if you compare him to every character in the Star Wars universe, all of them, even the force users, everything more than any other character in the Star Wars universe, he can take a punch. Um, this is a guy who is constantly beat up, constantly knocked down, constantly getting shot, not only shot at, but hit and shot. Um, and he's getting right back up. His armor's getting wrecked. He's standing back up. His armor's getting covered in goo. His armor's getting covered in frost. His armor's getting like, he is getting pounded and he keeps getting up. I honestly would say after watching this past episode and realizing that if you were to say Mandalorian versus anyone in the Star Wars universe, I'd probably put my money on the Mandalorian if we were doing the who would win in a fight discussion. <laughs> but definitely, it's definitely the first time the franchise has done anything with close uh, with with hand to hand combat this way, I know. Um, and, and and there's been lots of combat in Star Wars. I mean, it's called Star Wars, but a lot of times the combat is lightsabers or it is blaster rifles. Right. And I know. That's high tech. Whereas a lot of what he's doing is martial arts and 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 right. not high tech. It's and I know fisticuffs and whatnot. I was so. thinking about it, and I know there was a little bit of like hand to hand stuff in the Clone Wars, um, but in live action, I know Han takes a fist to the face in Return of the Jedi. But I think that's the only time anyone's like actually taken like a punch in the live action, other than the Mandalorian. It kind of made me laugh. Um, I could kicks. be wrong. There could be some other ones, but there's some kicks in the Phantom Menace. Darth Maul takes some kicks. Yeah, deals some kicks. And there's, there's some, not a lot of punches though. There's a couple kicks in uh, Revenge of the Sith too, but I just thought that was funny. I was like, wow, this guy's this guy's tougher than I think we all give him credit for, just because of the just because of that alone. Um, then, then again, there's also Anakin Skywalker who didn't necessarily take a punch, but he got all his limbs chopped <laughs> off and burnt on the side of a volcano, and then he came back to be one of the biggest bads ever. So yeah, but he didn't. That, but he didn't get up on his own. But I'm not going <laughs> to say Mandalorian could take Darth Vader. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> oh, I will. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, Nerd yeah, I know that's, that's a whole nother that we could do a whole show on that alone. Um, the other thing that I watched, um, is there's a, uh, Netflix show, uh, called the Queens Gambit. Do you know what this show is? 
Uh, Amber, my wife just started watching this show, but I have not watched an episode, but I've, I've watched the trailer. It looks amazing. I'm a big chess fan. I really want to watch it. It's uh, I, haven't, really I haven't been able to watch it yet. I don't know if this is a true story or not. Uh, that I need to look up. I only watched the first two episodes. Um, it's about a chess prodigy a girl who she gets orphaned, like in a because of a car accident, she becomes an orphan. And uh, this takes place. So the show starts like 1960 something, uh, and then they flash back to when she was a little girl. So I'm assuming like in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and uh, she gets orphaned. I want to say 50s, she gets orphaned, and then you you see the flashback of her. Like, the whole first episode is her in the orphanage, um, and then she discovers chess, and then she discovers how much she loves chess. Um, okay. And it's really kind of interesting to watch this, and then you get into, like, the teenage years when she, like, starts, like, I'm going to go play a tournament. And um, it's, it's really cool, but there's some really interesting stuff in terms of um, her... Uh, like the like the fact that she doesn't have a chess set to readily play, so she's like kind of playing in her head, like seeing the pieces on the ceiling and moving them around and stuff. Um, it's really kind of interesting how they handle that and why. Um, there's a drug aspect to it, so you got to kind of watch to see what I'm talking about. Um, but it's 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 a really cool show. I'm actually anxious to watch more of it. Um, I'm a huge chess fan. Yeah. Uh, I, that's that's a game I've always loved. I just like games in general, but that's a game I've always loved, and it's a show that makes me want to play too. By the way, by the way, while we're talking about chess, I'm a huge chess fan too. Me and Sean have been playing a perpetual chess game now for I don't know, like three years. We play it on our phones. Oh, chess with friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, and I mean, if you go and look at the record, I I'm dominant in the in the wins loss category, but recently um and i don't know if it's stress from covid or the fact that i've got a new kid at home with distractions or if he's just getting better but the last three games uh have been draw draw and he won so yeah so in the last three games sean has really put up a good effort so kudos sean i'll get you next time nice all right i know he's listening so he heard that one um well how about this man do you want to jump into the news uh, yeah, let's do it. Sure. So let me ask you this. When was there a Harry Potter resurgence that I'm not aware of? A Harry Potter resurgence? Yeah. Oh, uh, the, this whole um, beast, this whole um, uh, fantastic beasts and, and and what Heidi hold to look in to find them. I don't know. No, 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 no. I know those movies came out. What I'm talking about, like I have a Harry Potter story, but I went to um, – I went to Hallmark this past weekend to grab my Star Wars ornaments for the year because my Christmas tree is almost exclusively Star Wars. It's getting real close because I have so many of the ornaments because I've been collecting those ornaments for uh, a really, really long time. And I just keep getting them. And I ended up picking up uh, I got the AT-AT. I got um, the baby Yoda. I got uh, the Chewy with Leia. Like he's, it's like Leia in her Bespin like gear, and Chewie's like kind of hoisting yeah, her. Razor crest yet? Um, there is not a Razor Crest uh, this year. Not this year. So that doesn't mean That's it's not coming. <laughs> um, there is a Mandalorian. Um, like a helmet. Ornament. Uh, there's an ornament of him, the guy. Uh, now that is sold out everywhere. Yeah. Uh, hey, I found out 
just scoot a little closer to the mic, okay? Real quietly. I found out I'm actually getting it for Christmas. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so I'll have that. But um, I basically stocked up, and then I was like, and then I saw the Batman ornament for the year, and it's Batman animated series, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm spending too much money on ornaments. I can't. But the reason I bring up the Hallmark trip is when I walked in uh, to get my Star Wars ornaments, there was Harry Potter everywhere like everywhere and i'm like what is happening where did this harry potter stuff come from and i thought there was like a really weird resurgence that i wasn't aware of that somehow i missed well the uh, only thing i think of is is this uh fantastic fantastic beast yeah but this is and and because it's the same franchise and you know how star wars is like yep if if there's some star wars movie coming out they're still going to put an empire luke out to sell you and they're still going to put a millennium falcon out to sell you even if neither one of those uh, characters or ships are in the the new movie. You know, yep. I mean, they're going to be like Mandalorian action figures, and you can buy on that box on that card stock a Luke with a Bespin fatigues or something like that. You know, right. I mean that that's potentially what's going on. Otherwise, I have no idea. Right. Well, um, Fantastic Beasts. Um, I have no idea either. I was just like, where did this come from? Because I didn't think Fantastic Beasts was doing that well to be suddenly Not compared like, to any of the other big blockbusters. But it still has, right. you know, that fan base that is dedicated Harry Potter fans. Right. Well, Johnny Depp plays uh, Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts, and he was Does just so? <laughs> well, he was he was just recently asked asked to resign by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, this comes in lieu of his, um, alleged, uh, abusive, mar- uh, abusive relationship stuff that he had with Amber Heard and the lawsuit and all that stuff. And they're probably going, we don't want to be anywhere near this bad press. So they pull him out. Um, and it Who looks owns, like owns Harry Potter, uh, Warner brothers, Warner brothers. So, but, okay. So yeah, keep going. Okay, so anyway, what I was going to say was Johnny Depp was asked to step down, and it looks like Mads Mikkelsen, um, who he was one of the Bond villains, um, and he was from uh, the Hannibal television series, is uh, in talks to take uh, to be recast as the character Grindelwald. So I just thought I'd bring that up if anyone's following Harry Potter and heard about the news about Johnny Depp. Uh, looks like Mad Mick- Mads Mikkelsen might be taking that spot. So, so I didn't see the second movie, and I think a third one is supposed to come out. Is that correct? There's supposed to be a third, yeah. Yeah, okay. And that's what you're talking about is the casting for the third movie. Now, Johnny Depp is a great actor, and I don't have a problem with the person they picked for recasting. I don't really like recasting in general, but but when you're talking about like domestic abuse situations, I mean these are these are reasons you go to the to the steps of, of of recasting. However, if you read into this story, it, it, I mean, I don't know what's going on and I'm sure none of us really know what's going on because none of us have lived in that household, but it sounds like abuse back and forth. It doesn't sound like either one of them are in this situation. And uh, from what I understand, I think Amber Heard is still employed by Warner brothers for a new Aquaman movie for the, you know, Justice League for a lot of different um, uh, IP that Warner Brothers has. And and it it kind of I think that the fan base thinks at least the Johnny Depp fans out there think that this is unfair treatment. But, you know, none of us know the truth, I suppose. Yeah, I know. 
I know it's it's a goofy situation. I just saw it and I was like, oh, he's being. See, at first I just thought he was on his own. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's when I was like, oh, he's being asked to step down. Uh, but I just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, a casting a cast change is happening. Hopefully everyone's OK in the end, you know. Um, all right. A couple of these stories are real quick. Um, so first off, uh, competitive lightsaber fighting is now a real sport. Yeah, but sooner or later it's going to make it to the Olympics, and that's going to be the big story. Yeah, that'll be the big story. But we we <laughs> talked about this. We talked about this a while back because France was looking into making it a real thing, um, and now it's officially a real sport. So um, I don't know how it works. I just saw the article and was like, "Oh, that's interesting. It's finally a thing." You know, let's quick follow up. I, I wonder if the rules are any different from regular fencing, except for the fact that you're playing with a different type of weapon. You know, I mean, a rigid. Oh. A rigid light blade versus a, uh, uh, you know, a foil. So. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe we'll see. Um, all right. So the mortal Kombat movie, um, has been delayed until after pandemic, which means we're never going to see it. Um, <laughs> COVID is here to stay. COVID is here to stay. No, they, um, what's funny about the Mortal Kombat movie is they've been talking about it for so long and so long and so long. And then they started moving forward with it and they started releasing casting details. And I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. I'm in, I can't wait. And then, you know, it's been forever since they've been talking about it. And now they're saying until after pandemic, which means they're probably not shooting until then, which just makes it longer for us to not see this movie. Yeah, so, that's a smart. That's a really smart move on their part. This is. It's not a di- completely dead franchise, but it is a, a sleep. You know, it's it's been hibernating for a long time. As and far as want, the, as far as the that movies IP. go, yeah. As far as the movies go, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to take that IP and and okay. So back up to that statement. You could put a, mo- a video game out right now. This is the perfect time to put video games. Oh, out. there's there's like a current- video game market is through the freaking roof right yeah now. there is a there is a current mortal Kombat right now that they just yeah. released some download content for i'm just saying like that part of the franchise is not asleep that's right. all i'm saying so. correct but if you have a franchise with with potential to get close to a billion dollars in box office you don't want to put that out right now you know you, you and, and it's the smartest thing in the world to say we don't know when this is going to end Let's stop all our investing on it and just put it on the shelf until this is over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you have anything? <laughs> well, Sorry, I'm just like, want, it's just a good point. I'm like, I don't have really anything to argue about that. I just was just saying, hey, we're never going to get to see this movie. Yeah. So, um, hey, did you see The Scorpion King? A long time ago, and I saw it once. And, okay. And I, I, I I don't really like the mummy movies that much. Yeah, I know. So the Scorpion, <laughs> well, the Scorpion King is a sequel hybrid reboot kind of a thing of the mummy franchise that spawned out of, yeah, spawned out of the mummy franchise with the rock playing the Scorpion King. Um, so the rock as in Dwayne Johnson is going to be producing a reboot of the Scorpion King. Um, he will not be returning as the lead role, but he will be um, uh, producing. <laughs> I think that that's a great idea. I know a ton of people that love that movie. And oh, really? I tell, I, I've talked to so many people who about how I don't like the mummy and the mummy franchise in general. And then they freak out 
And then they start talking about Scorpion King. And I'm like, I know I saw it and I, I understand why you like it, but it, it I don't. <laughs> so, I mean, don't get me wrong. It has great action, but there are right. things that have good action. All right. Well, let's let's real quick talk about space. Yes. Um, astronomers have discovered what they're referring to as a hell planet. Um, it is apparently covered in lava, um, and it is approximately 200 light years away, um, and will con- likely continue to terraform as the planet evolves. I'm going to say this to the astronomers who clearly have not seen Star Wars. It's called Mustafar. Mm-hmm. And um, that might be the first sign that the Star Wars galaxy exists and how far away it, it really is. Which, to us. which it doesn't sound like it's all that far. <laughs> <laughs> so what you right. What you need to do is start looking around near that planet and see if you see a desert one and a ice one. And <laughs> yeah. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and one that's covered in a city. <laughs> yeah, that's what you need to be looking for. Like, I'm glad you guys found Mustafar. Um I just thought that was funny. when I, That was the first thing I thought of when I saw the article. I was like, really? <laughs> and maybe if there's like an asteroid uh, field where there right. should be a planet. And uh, or or maybe maybe it's not that Star Wars is out there. Maybe it is the future destination of the event horizon. And uh, that's creepier to think about. Oh, you mean like the movie, the event horizon? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's that's a lot creepier to think about. Uh, on, on lighter news, I'm going to give that you... That was the name of the ship, right? Event Horizon? Uh, the ship the Event Horizon was the name of the ship. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you have a choice of three... St- we have three things left to talk about. You want to talk about DC, Marvel, or Halo? Let's talk about Halo last. Halo last. All right, which one do you want to talk about first, DC or Marvel? DC. DC, okay. Uh, Zack Snyder's working on the Snyder Cut. Thank you. Um, I know, right? We're all excited. So he teased an image. Um, he posted. So there's a really iconic image um, that's been floating around recently um, uh, because in the DC comics, Batman and Catwoman, there was a whole marriage thing where they were going to get married. Um, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read it. They didn't get married, um, but it was like led all the way up to the actual wedding day. There's more to the plot and everything that I don't want to spoil, but um, it all predicates on to leading into the Joker war and then beyond. So it's all part of that. But their relationship has always been, you know, it's, it's one of the more iconic relationships in comic books. There is a very iconic image of Batman and Catwoman. Uh, they're kind of like in an embrace and they have like their foreheads together, their eyes are closed, and they're just, and it's just pouring rain around them. And uh, with everything going on with the Snyder Cut and adding characters and everything, uh, Zack Snyder posted that image on his Twitter feed, just that image by itself. And everyone's like, what does that mean? Everyone's kind of freaking out. Does that mean that Catwoman's in the movie or they're looking to put her in the movie? Um we don't know officially if that's the case. However, Zack Snyder did say that uh, Carla um, Gugino, I, I, always, I always know how to say her name in my head, and then when I try and say it out loud, I can't do it. She's the um, She played Silk Spectre's mom in The Watchmen, and she was also um, – that's probably where, uh, in terms of her newer stuff, that's probably the best place I can point you to uh, in terms of her work with Zack Snyder. Um, I'm, but he said that she was his first – she was his first choice to play Catwoman in his version of the DCEU. Um, 
And uh, I don't know how much casting he really did, but to see that made me kind of excited because you're already dealing with an older Batman. She's not that much older of an actress. She's probably around Ben Affleck's age, but it makes it really cool in terms of knowing that he even considered thinking about it. So if Catwoman's coming, I'm totally down for this casting. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I just I think more is better, but I think you need to make sure it's written well. True. I, I, I don't want to just pack it all in if it's not going to be good. Because, True. And, and I think that that's a big risk that they take sometimes is, is sometimes you throw money at actors or money at costumes uh, because you're trying to fit so much more in there. And then the writers don't get or you're not getting quality writers or the writers don't get the time to make the story good. You know, I mean. If they've got a good story, then I'm all for it. If it's right. going to be, they took their time with it, they thought it through, you know, they're not going to screw up continuity in the future. It's not going to be just a big ball of cheese because I love my cheese and I love my fan service, but I do want it to be written well. And I don't, yeah. One of one of the things I don't like about the Mummy franchise is there's a lot of cheese. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Stephen Summers. Um <laughs> Uh, at any rate, um, it, this might not be for the Snyder Cut, though, uh, because Zack Snyder has directly said that he still wants to make the Dark Knight Returns movie. Uh. Um, the Dark Knight Returns um, is one of the most iconic Batman storylines. It's the it's the storyline that Affleck basically wanted to do, and that's why he wanted to take the role to begin with when they offered it to him. So the fact that Snyder wants to do it might mean we might get that or there's a chance it could happen because we don't know what Affleck's new career, um, his new contract says. I'm, I'm curious if that will translate, translate that well to the screen. It works really well in comic book form. And I have also seen the cartoon and it the works animated, well. The animated is amazing. It's, yeah. fan, it's fantastic uh, representation. So it is, it is very good. Uh, but the, there's some things that are a little bit fantastical uh, and it's a, there's a, there's a futuristic element to it, but then it was also written in the eighties. So it's like, what do you go with? Do you go with like that, that time era that we all know so well, or at least the ones, those of us who are alive at that time do, or do you go with like this futuristic thing with like the mutants and stuff like that? They're in the, the those are the details that they have to decide whether they're going to keep or, or not. But some right. of those details are important to the plot. I don't know. I love I love that story. It is one of the best uh, Batman stories, and it definitely set the comic book world down a path uh, that uh, we wouldn't be at without that comic book. I mean, right. just just yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's it for DC. You want to hear the Marvel news? Yeah, let's hear it. No Marvel at all for the year of twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everything's that's been pushed, but first, first year in what ten years? Uh, maybe I think longer or more since 2009, 2008. So, so yeah. well, did they have a movie in 2009? Um, yeah, it was, uh, I think that was, I think that was incredible Hulk. Okay. And then they had a movie every single year and some movies multiple. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so first time in 12 years, we haven't had a Marvel movie. Yeah. So Marvel, anything. Um, but, uh, the good news out of this is that one well, in December in December, WandaVision comes out, right? Uh, no, WandaVision's been moved to January 15th. Oh, you're killing me. Okay. That's why I said no Marvel in 2020. <laughs> WandaVision, okay. 
No, yeah. So WandaVision officially got moved. I don't know why. Um, that might be a that might be a Disney Plus thing. Like, hey, we have this other stuff we're rolling out and pushing, and they're using the fact, and they're probably looking at when the Mandalorian ends versus we don't want to like put all our you know eggs in the car. <laughs> I think Just they're looking yet. at when the Mandalorian ends. They're looking at when. Um mulan becomes included in the regular package yeah they're i know they're probably some other things and they're yeah, like you so, know what? let's not put this all on the same week and i can't wait for wandavision so i this i'm like it's i'm totally fine with them pushing it uh, a little bit but i can't wait for it so yeah. all right be- man. yo what you were gonna say sorry i just said it's gonna be awesome yo it's it's gonna be awesome and i and I don't know, um, I don't know if you're behind on listening to episodes, but one thing I've been talking with Peter about is I really think that WandaVision is a backdoor uh, House of M story that's going yeah. to lead us into how they introduce the mutants into the MCU. That's I, my. I think I think you're absolutely right. That's that's my guess, and I don't know if you read House of M or know how that ends, but I think they're gonna do. I think it's gonna be House of M backwards. Yeah, I agree. I'll I'll just say with I'll just say I agree. Okay. Um, <laughs> that way we right. can keep things spoiler free for those casuals. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. Let's talk Halo real quick because it's one Halo story. Um, do you remember that there's a Halo television series that's supposed to be coming? Uh, I do remember, and I've just been sitting here patiently. Yes, my we've, been sitting, we've been sitting here very patiently. <laughs> um, so this is this is what's kind of cool. Um, so, uh, the, um, let's, let's see where this, uh, Showtime apparently is the ones putting on, uh, the Halo television series. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. I don't know if Showtime still has it or if it's being farmed out to someone else, but as long as like, if you're going to do a Halo television series, you got to give it to a company that can handle, um, that can be allowed to hit the rated R, um, uh, level because Halo can't be anything less, in my opinion, than rated R. It's going to have to have the language and the violence and the gore, and it's going to have to have all that. Um, and, and before you, you say that, people who have only played the video game, um, uh, you know, there's a way to do it just like the video game, and that could be very PG-13, but if you've ever read any of the novels or um, you know anything about the backstory, there, it, it's it's above pg-13 level violent right and that's and i agree and that's what i was kind of getting it was just i don't think you can do a show like this in a pg-13 level um there's a a world where it could actually be done as a young adult movie um if they they if they did the fall of reach novel which is my favorite and it's the first of all the halo books but Mm -hmm. um, if they were to do that they could easily do it you know it's it's almost like uh uh, Maze Runner or um, some of those other things, you know, because you're dealing with with young children or or you know adolescent children and then turning them into soldiers. Yeah, um, the uh, the story is amazing, but I don't think that they're going to do that. Um, as much as I want them to go that story wise, I don't think they're going to. Well, uh, the reason I bring this up is that uh, Cortana in the video games was voiced by Jen Taylor. Um, it's an incredibly iconic voice. If you've watched the video games, you know what that voice is. You recognize it. Um, and you will always, uh, respond to it. Like, you'll just be like, oh wait, that's Cortana. Like, you know, that voice, um, in the show, in the television series, uh, it originally wasn't cast as 
Jen Taylor. She was not going to be voicing Cortana in the television series. Um, however, officially, they have recast and put Jen Taylor back in the role. That's a great idea. Um, and uh, she will be um, and she'll be voicing Cortana again. However, and the actress who portrays Cortana physically will still be Cortana physically on the um, on the show. That's awesome, too. Um, Which makes me. That voice has been everywhere. I mean, it's been in those games, but it's also been in some people's phones. So there's there's a huge fan base that knows her voice. And to give it to somebody else when you have a character that is an animated character. I mean, it is a graphically animated character. You don't need to have the person fit the look. You have to have the voice fit the sound. There's no reason that she shouldn't have it. Right. And um, that makes me want them to i can never i can never remember the guy's name but the guy who Steve voices Downs. The, yes thank you. the uh the guy who voices the master chief um just put a stunt guy in the costume uh-huh. and let him do the voice of the master chief and a discussion that's all anyone wants yeah uh, and if they ever do a splinter cell movie they've got to get michael ironside to do sam fisher i agree with you about about the steve downs thing the, the problem is didn't they already recast uh, Master Chief once wasn't in Halo Five. Was it Steve Downs? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm not. I'm I not 100 sure about it. I think, I think he's done it. I think he's done it straight through. I know that uh, Michael Ironside's not doing the voice of Sam Fisher anymore. By the way, if anybody is in the Chicagoland area uh, and you listen to 97.1 FM, The Drive, Steve Downs is, is um, or was on there quite frequently. I don't know if he re- retired from that position or not, but um, that was always a fun little anecdote. Oh, I'm listening to the Master Chief talk to me about uh, the Eagles or <laughs> Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles or Tom Petty. Um, that's funny. I actually uh, I knew that and I never actually listened to the radio show. Um, but at any rate, that kind of brings us to the end of the news, man. Um, if you want to talk to list, we can do that. Yeah, let's do it, man. You ready to do that? All right, sweet. Um, so Ryan, yeah, it's time to talk to the list. Everybody, Ryan, uh, please roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, Scott. So you and I had uh, Peter and I. So how about this? If you were listening last week, you know that we were walking into Peter and I talking about our favorite movies from 2016. That was the plan Uh, with Peter not being able to join us this week. I did not want to discuss a list that he was going to have input on without him. So uh, we're pushing that to next week uh, when he can be back. So uh, movies from 2016 will be next week. I'll remind you guys all at the end of the show. Um, but Scott and I had a conversation over a couple days about what we should do for a list tonight, kind of a pinch hit kind of a list, I guess you could say. And we landed on our five favorite cliffhangers from pop culture. Um, and mine are kind of all over the place. I even got a couple. I got a comic book. I have a novel. I have a bunch of stuff in here. Um, so, uh, Scott, I you kind of made this pop in terms of an idea. So do you have anything you want to add to what I'm saying or? Yeah. I just like to let everybody know that when you're a substitute um, speaker or voice on this show, Andy puts all of the responsibility on you to come up with a list and it's daunting. And I was like, (laughs) I don't really know. And I, I sat on it for like 48 hours and then I was just texting back and forth. And for whatever reason, cliffhangers popped into my head 
And I said it and you jumped on it. And it was like, you know what? I'm pretty proud of the idea of this list. I don't know if I'm proud of my list itself, <laughs> but I am proud of the idea of the list. <laughs> well, it's not that I want to put it on you to pick a, a list. It's more no, of no, no. a... Everybody needs to know that, though. No, it's more of a... It's a thing you do. <laughs> it's it's more of the... when So, like, uh, like when Bran wanted to come on, when Bran and I were talking, uh, the first time I got her on the show, it was, it was something very specific. I told her, I'm like, this is what we're going to do. So I kind of gave her the list. But then it was a couple weeks later, she's like, I want to come back on and talk with you again. I'm like, okay, great. I go, what do you want to talk about? Like, you tell me what you want to talk about. And that kind of spawned it on. I was like, yeah, if I have someone who wants to come on the show, what do they want to talk about? Because ultimately... We all want to talk about things we like, but I don't want to choose a list and then you go, I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather have my guests talk about things that they like. You know, I think that makes a lot of sense from your point of view. The other thing I think you're dealing with is you and Peter have a list every week and I'm sure you have a list of lists. And I, so have a, like, I have a list like, of lists. Don't, don't tell me you're like, don't have myself come up with another another list idea that I'm already scheduled to do with Peter. I've got to have something different. So it's yeah, easier and, for you to just give that creativity to the, to the guest. Yeah. And I, and I just think it helps conversation because it'll make me think out of the box. If you go, Hey, let's, what, what's your five favorite like foods in a movie theater? That list is kind of irrelevant now because no one goes to movie theaters, but, <laughs> yep. um, uh, but that's just my point. Like you'll, you'll come up with something and I'll go, Ooh, that's a good one. Let's think outside the box and you know, that kind of thing. So Anyway, um, since you kind of brought this up, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first since you're the guest? Well, well, how about this? I have two honorable mentions. So do I. You also have two. Okay. Yes. So why don't you go first since it's my list? That sounds like a plan. Okay. So the first one is uh, a novel. Um, it's called The Six Sacred Stones. Um, it is uh, by my favorite author, Matthew Riley. Um, I've talked about him before on the show. Um, I love I've read every one of his books twice. Um, I own them all. They're really they're not the easiest books to get because he's an Australian author, um, but they're all on Amazon. They're all phenomenal. Anyway, the six sacred stones is the second of a series. Um, when I went into it, he wrote the first book was the seven deadly wonders. Um, it's very uh, what Indiana Jones would be like today is the best way I would liken it. And um the first book was fantastic. I didn't know there was going to be more. It sounds like when you like read the interviews and stuff, it sounds like he wrote the first one, had a lot of fun with those characters and decided to write a second and a third and a fourth and so on and so on. So he's up. He's, so the idea is, is he's got it's a series, but we didn't know there was a third book coming. And at the end of the second book, The Six Sacred Stones, the main character in a fist fight with another character falls off a cliff and you close the book. <laughs> um, you literally close the book <laughs> and you're just like, wait, what? And then you turn the page and you see this, uh, you know, to be continued line. And you're just like, Oh my God, you know, like he planned it out. Um, so it was just a really cool cliffhanger because you just don't see it coming. And you're just like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> It's also uh, cool. It's also cool because in that specific situation, he may or may not have succeeded in hanging on to that clip. He also may or not have succeeded in what he was attempting to do before that fist fight happened. You're not entirely sure. And that's the cool part about it. Like when you read the book and you're just when you read the books and how they're all like linked together, um, 
what they were trying to do in this book was linked back to the first book and it was linked back to the next book and so on. And you just didn't because you didn't know another book was coming. And then you're just like, did you just kill the main character at the end of the second book? <laughs> so um, it was just a great cliffhanger because you just didn't know. And it just kind of was like, whoa, that was a shock. So And, and also because you may or may not have hung on to the cliff. Um, I don't want to say what happened. <laughs> um, when you I don't want to on Andy's show. I, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to say what happened. Um, Never mind. Because because it was it was too good. Let's put it that. Let's let me put it this way. When the third book starts, I hope somebody listening to this is laughing. But anyways, go ahead. Probably, when the third book starts, he's still falling. Okay. So let me put it that way. Um, what's your first honorable mention? Okay. So, um, so okay. I have. Three honorable mentions. I'm not going to name three because the rule is two. But if we get, but one of those honorable mentions, I think might be in your list. So if we get to the very end, I might bring it up really, really quickly, and then we can just end it. But anyway, so uh, my whole list is mostly movies. I only have one not a movie on the list. Um, So I'm going to go. I only have two movies. Okay, cool. Uh, This this movie is Memento. Ooh. And it is the movie itself almost defines cliffhangers in general. Sure. Um, It you can watch this movie as many times as you want to and have a different uh, you can have a different conclusion about what this movie really was, because the movie is filmed scene by scene, but not in a chronological order, not in this comes first and then this happens and then this happens. But you don't know that while you're watching it. And when you're done with the movie, there is a cliffhanger and you don't know whether or not what happens at the end is what actually happened at the beginning or did it happen somewhere in the middle or did it happen at the end? And now he's moving on with his life to do something else. And it is if you haven't seen Memento. It, I think it's an independent film. I don't know for sure, but I know it is. It's, it's Christopher. It's Christopher Nolan's first movie. Okay, it's definitely a sleeper out there. So uh, go find it and um, and you know, yeah, boggles that one for a night. What I will say about Memento is I actually own the collector's edition of it, and it's a movie that is. And the reason I bring up the collector's edition is because I bought that version specifically because the movie itself is you have to watch it backwards. That's how it was. It's like, that's how it was filmed. You watch it backwards because it's about a guy with uh, short-term memory. So he has to do everything in reverse to kind of figure out what just happened. Um, so you keep watching the sequence over and over and over again. And every time it gets longer and longer and longer until you, as you learn pieces, um, the collector's edition has the movie in the, in the reverse. So you actually watch it linear. If you, you can want watch it both, can you watch it both ways? Yes, you can. And that's why I bought the collector's edition, because I was like, oh, wait, you can watch this both ways on this version. So that's interesting. That's yeah. really cool. Um, I have watched it both ways. I like if it. If you in have reverse. never seen it, if you've never seen this movie, don't watch it in reverse order. Just watch it in theatrical the first time. That's yeah, what I would that's, recommend. And and in seeing it both directions, I prefer watching the uh, intended uh, theatrical version. So, yeah. Well, because the other direction, it's it's not the cliffhanger that it was. You know, it's not uh, mind F that it is. Yeah. Um, all right. So that goes to my next honorable mention. Um, and that is the uh, this is 
it's interesting. This is honorable mention because I didn't know if I could actually count it as a cliffhanger. It's mostly the reason I'm counting it as a cliffhanger is because you just didn't know what the state of the universe was going to be when this happened and what came next. And that is the death of Superman. Oh. Um, it's in, in the comic book world. We just didn't know what the DC universe was going to look like. No one had any clue you're taking the most iconic comic book character ever in the history of comic books and you just killed him. Um, and no, I don't know if anyone expected DC comics to roll into the story arc of the world without or the reign of the Superman and then the return of Superman himself. I just don't know what we all thought was going to happen. Uh, and because of how iconic of a moment that was, um, I just thought that was kind of a cool cliffhanger because it just kind of ends and you're just like, well, now what? You know what I mean? And then you kind of go in from there. But that moment of, well, now what? Um, made it a cliffhanger. So to me anyway. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. So my next honorable mention is Total Recall, the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that movie's great. Did you see this one? What? Did I see the new one? Yeah, I did see the new one. Um, I, it was all right. Um, the original one is uh, classic Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it is classic <laughs> 80s action. And it is, uh, you know, um, over the top, but awesome. Uh, but, the, but the cliffhanger at the end is you don't know if anything that you just saw actually happened. You know, I mean, oh, I, I, know. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but that cliffhanger at the end is like he wakes up and you're like, you get to decide for yourself. OK, did that did all that happen or not? I know. It's such um, a cool idea. Yeah. And it's not only that, but you spend the whole time going, did that happen? Did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> right. So. um. Yeah, it's just <laughs> um, that that whole movie. And as I think about it, it's just. There's even segments that you're not you just don't know what's real or not. And even when you're like, OK, that's real, there'll, there'll be a line of dialogue that just throws you off. So I guess the whole movie from beginning to end is one giant cliffhanger uh, scene to scene. Was, I think that movie is really, really fun. It's really, really good. But I think it's written better than what it was produced at. I think that uh, the quality of the writing and the twist in that movie and like that's just the setup in general, just the whole because they're they're building a universe out there where this technology exists and where this type of um, economy exists and all of that stuff. And then and then to build the twist into it like that, I, I think it's I think it's excellent. The writing in that movie is excellent. Yeah, um, I'll agree that. The writing in the movie, like what's interesting is the Philip K. Dick story, Total Recall, is not an action film. It got turned into an action film when they put Schwarzenegger in the movie. But I think it almost for the better um, that they turned it into an action film like it was. Well, definitely was probably more successful as an action film than if you had picked anyone else to be in that role and have it to be an intellectual movie. Because it is an intellectual script. Um, yeah. but, but making it an action film, you're going to have so much more money and so many more people showing up to see the next Schwarzenegger movie. Right. So yeah. if they had more budget to do all the cool stuff on Mars and, and all of the, it's all practical effects because it's done in the eighties. I mean, yeah, there's some special, um, probably very rudimentary, uh, uh computer generated stuff in there, but yeah, make, makeup, makeup, puppetry and, and practical effects. 
Yeah. All right. And so it's really gross when his eyes are about to pop out of his head. <laughs> those are some cool. Those are some cool practical effects, though. Yeah, very cool practical effects. And Quado is one of the best characters <laughs> in the history of film. Uh, he it's definitely one of the coolest practical effects because just mostly because you didn't know it was coming too. So right. Um. All right. So that goes. This is the action. So we're now we're off honorable mentions. This is actual first picks now, right? Yes. Okay, so um, the, my first actual pick of the night is Back to the Future. Nice. Um, but wow, wait, Back, wait, which, which one? Well, that's the thing, is because I was thinking about this, and I was like, technically, Back to the Future as a whole is uh, my thing. Because ultimately, and I was thinking about this because I was like, well, the first one. You know, that kind of went through my head. But it's really more Back to the Future 2 if I had to put my money on it. And the reason I say that is because Back to the Future— well, I agree with you. Back to the Future 1, specifically the ending, because no one knew it was going to be a trilogy, no one knew that they were going to make more. And from what I was from what I've read is that they made the first one hoping it made enough money to do the other ones. So there's a chance we never would have gotten the other two movies. If you take the other two movies out of the equation and you just watch the first one, the ending of the first one, it's not really a cliffhanger because you you don't need more. It's right. such a, it's such a solid film together. And yeah, they're going off into another adventure through time. You don't need to know what that adventure was so much right. as outside of the lines of dialogue they had right before the credits rolled. Right, right. I agree with you because the ending is is just an extension of the theme of the movie. So it's right. not necessarily a a cliffhanger. It is a cliffhanger, but not. Not like a groundbreaking cliffhanger, but the end of the second movie right. where, where it ends with, isn't it like he finds a letter to himself? from? Yeah, so no, he gets – so he, he witnesses – he's in 1955. He witnesses the DeLorean get zapped by the lightning and it's gone. And then the postman shows up and hands him a letter from the doc who's in 1885 and left the letter for him to be delivered to that night, that time, that day, that kind of that place. And then um, and then you find and then he goes and finds the doc from 1980, 1955 and says he's back from the future and has and doc faints right there. And you're like, wait, what? And the screen actually says continued in Back to the Future Part Three. Right, because doesn't he loop back to the beginning of the, or well, he kind of loops back to the beginning of the first movie at the end of the second movie in order to find Doc Brown yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So the second movie definitely has the bigger cliffhanger for sure. Oh, but yeah. it's like, but that's the thing. You walked in going, no one knew there was more. You know, you right. were you went into that movie knowing you're getting a second Back to the Future. Awesome. That future part two is a lot of fun. We're having a good time. Back to the Future. And then suddenly you're like, oh, <laughs> uh, we're getting a third movie. So the cliffhanger literally was, um, hey, third movie's coming. And you're like, sweet. And then you actually got the trailer right then and there. And it's pretty genius for them to set that up for the third movie, because the third movie, uh, if you love it or you hate it, um, or you think it's just a big ball of cheese. It's a lot of fun, but also you're, you're setting up a Western, right? They could have picked any time in history, um, for this, uh, you know, situation to have happened. You know, he could have found a box from civil war times or from the revolutionary times, or he could have found something from, you know, ancient, 
uh, Egypt or whatever, because it's time travel, they could have messed with it in some, some other way, but they picked a Western, which, you know, Americans love Westerns. So, um, and that, and that third movie in general, I mean, they get to tease Clint Eastwood movies and they get to tease uh, a bunch of other stuff and it's, it's, it's great. It's, I think it's, I think it's fun. It's really good. Yeah. fun. I, I like the third one. It's not my favorite of the franchise, but I like the third one a lot. Um, anyway, your first pick of the night. All right. So I don't think this one would be a surprise to anyone. So that's why it's coming first. It, these are, these are not in uh, quality order or favorite order. These are just in kind of order of like, this is no surprise that it would be on somebody's cliffhanger list, but it is a great movie and belongs on this list. And that is Inception. You think in, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Were you going to argue whether it was a cliffhanger or not? I, I was a little bit, but I see where you I see where you get it. So I'm not well, going to argue with you. Well, I, if you'd like to, I can take a minute to explain it because maybe there's some other people out there who disagree or, or are like-minded by you at the end of the movie. Okay. So throughout the movie, they're visiting people's dreams and they're talking about dreams within dreams. And they're talking about getting lost so deep, dream within dream within dream within dream that you never wake up uh or you never know if you're really awake and so you have these totems that you carry around with you because you can look at a watch and watch it count backwards or a clock and watch it count backwards mm -hmm. or you can look at something else that would only happen in a dream and this guy's totem that he looks at is a top mm -hmm. and if that top falls down or he's, or he's is, awake is affected by gravity that is real because gravity's real and in his dreams it it you know is or is not the cliffhanger in the movie is they show this top at the very end of the movie and you don't see it fall but you don't see it perfectly spin the entire time there's a hint of a wobble in yeah. there but it's left up to the viewer to decide was that a wobble and gravity really taking control and it's about to fall or was that not a wobble and he's really still in a dream yeah uh, and and sorry if i spoiled the whole thing for you because i just ruined the whole movie for anybody who hasn't seen it but it's been like 10 years people come on um it's been longer than 10 years but um the uh but the, I, I think that's a huge cliffhanger is is the fact that they left that up to the audience to decide oh my God, this guy's still in a dream and might've been in a dream the whole time. And, you know, he, his wife might be alive on the outside or maybe not, you know. Um, well, what I was going to say, the reason I was going to argue with you is because Christopher Nolan directly said if it falls or not. Um, well, I don't care what he and, said. I care what he showed us. I, I know. And I, and I agree <laughs> with that. What people, I, that's like the people on the, um, on the end of the story group in Star Wars when you're like, tweeting out some speculation after watching a new movie and then they strike you down and say that's not what we meant at all it's like well well that's what you depicted so right <laughs> and let my mind let my imagination run wild <laughs> yeah I'm, you know art is within my grasp and i agree but it makes that it leaving it the way the movie ends it's nice because it creates it makes the movie an eternal conversation for anyone who's exactly. seen the movie and when you want to talk about it. So I can see why you say it's a cliffhanger. That's why I'm not arguing. I uh, think that's what is great about this list in general and cliffhangers in general is what you just said. Um, just just the constant or the continual conversation you can have. And you can go back and forth in your mind about did this happen or this happen or, you know. 
I think that's yeah. why this list is a good idea. Yeah. Um, agreed. So yeah, inception, um, my go. Yep. Okay. So, uh, my next one on the list is, uh, lost season four finale. Um, did you, you didn't watch lost at all. Did you? I watched the pilot episodes. I watched the first two episodes. I really, really liked it. But my problem was I somehow jumped into like season four or five. I caught a half an hour of the show that far. And uh, it was very, very apparent that the stuff I thought was cool about that the pilot was not going to happen or had already happened or, or was it un- was undone. And so I, I lost interest too quick. I, I, I screwed myself over that way. But I also feel like I didn't. Um, screw myself over too badly because from what sure. i understand a lot of people are disappointed with the end of that. a lot of people got disappointed and as i talked to people about lost as a whole and i don't need to go on a big diatribe about lost right now because i see the lost belongs on this list though because what is it almost every episode is cliffhangers right technically but this is a specific uh i'm gonna i'm gonna spoil the hell out of the season four finale here um but the thing about lost was is when the show ended um i was very i kind of sat there for a minute and i kind of pondered the ending and i was like oh i totally get what they were doing and i understood it and then every time someone tells me they didn't like lost and they start complaining about how the show ended and I'm like, well, did you understand it? And they're like, yeah. And they start telling me all this stuff that is like, and I don't want to say that I'm right or I figured it out, but they're telling me all this stuff that's like wrong. And I'm like, hold on. A <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hold on a right, second. You are wrong. I'm like, you, you literally like don't know what you're talking about. And then you start laying it out for them. And they're like, oh, like it, they they have they suddenly have this moment of oh my bad like they start realizing what I'm saying and I'm like yeah like this like this, and I always was hoping the show was going to be this eternal conversation um like we were just talking about with Inception and no one ever wants to talk about Lost <laughs> so it's fine um the uh, the season four finale um you had a handful of characters that were actually getting off the island. So Lost is about a plane crash. The survivors uh, got on an island near Hawaii, sort of. Um, They basically are stuck on this island. There's a handful of them that got off the island on a helicopter. There's a boat waiting for them. They're on their way to the boat. Um, Stuff going on on the island because not everyone got off. It was only like six people got on this helicopter. A good handful of people are still on the island. The stuff going on on the island is pretty crazy. Um, the helicopter is almost to the boat, and there's an explosion, and the boat explodes. So now they can't land on the helicopter. But due to gas in the helicopter, they can't really go anywhere else. There's no way they're going to get to the mainland. So they turn around and start heading back to the island, and the island disappears. And then they roll the credits. <laughs> And you have to like you have to know what was going on on the island that caused the island to disappear. But basically, the island disappeared and they're stuck on the helicopter and they're like, wait, what? And credits roll. And you basically spent the rest of the summer going, what the hell just happened? (laughs) Um, And you have to wait all the way until season five started to know what the hell just happened. Um, And. It's it was such an amazing it was such an amazing moment just in the sense of like I've never had an emotional experience where I didn't understand what I just saw on a television show before. 
for a movie. And that is one of the reasons why this actually had to make my list, because as soon as you said cliffhangers, it was one of the first ones off the top of my head. I'm like, I had to go look up which finale it was because I thought it was a season five finale. No, it's a season four finale. Um, I'm like, which which season did the island disappear? Um, so, yeah, I, that's all I really got on it because you didn't watch the show, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> no, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. No, it's just it was such a phenomenal episode, a good way of ending a season. And it, and it, and it made you go, I have to come back. So. Nice. All right. So what do you got? All right, so my number two is another uh, movie that is going to be no surprise to people if they know about cliffhangers, but it, it belongs on this list, and I think this is the one we're going to match on, and that is Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Yes, this is the one we're matching on, so. Okay, great. So um, this is episode four. This is the one where Luke gets his hand cut off, and Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite, and... Um, uh, Lando Calrissian is flying the Falcon at the end and everything in your mind is like, what the heck is going on with my star Wars? Credits. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, um, is not a, it is not a happy ending. And, uh, um, that's an oddity for star Wars. I mean, there's plenty of star Wars movies out there now that don't have happy endings, but this is the first one that didn't. And I think it rocked everybody. Oh, you also have the cliffhanger of is Darth Vader telling the truth? Is he Luke's father? You know, that well, kind of thing. Spoilers here's the there. thing. The um, Empire Strikes Back is probably the most iconic cliffhanger in all of film history. Period. Yeah. Um, and it, at the time, you just knew you were getting another Star Wars movie. Um, you didn't know, like, you know, it's funny because George always talks about how big the story always was and how he had to break it down into X amount of parts and all that stuff. And you've heard those stories before, but at the time you hadn't heard those stories. At the time, you just knew they were making another Star Wars film. And um, well, you and the first movie was just a perfect, fun action movie. You know, I mean, it right. was it was a great roller coaster. It had a perfect ending. It had your good guy. It had your obvious bad guy. The visuals of good and bad are some. The concepts are very simple, but very uh, um, relatable and, and awesome. And uh, and then you go to this movie where it takes all of those elements, but but it, it, you know it's continuing the story, but not in the way that is is fun and a perfect roller coaster like the first one was. You know? Right. And, and and you're thrown out of your comfort zone at the end of this movie. Um, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's 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 probably the textbook for a uh, cliffhanger. <laughs> textbook is a. I mean, that's a good way of wording it. Well, uh, it actually is the textbook now. Now that you you people are doing trilogies all the time, and uh, and people always just think about Star Wars. They're like, okay, well, the first one's going to be a great movie, like The Hunger Games. The first movie is a great movie, and and it has a beginning a middle and an end and the end is awesome and then you're happy and you're so exhilarated and then you get to the second movie and then and the end of the second movie is like that cliffhanger and and that so there's so many other franchises that have emulated this and and if you think about like a trilogy and you have episode one two and three or star wars episode four five and six empire strikes back you know that's the one the middle one is the one where you leave everybody hanging right that's what everybody's right. learned you're right. And that and that is it's the it's the second act. And I, it's it's really the you know, we were talking about this with, um, you know, when I know that I know I don't want to get into a conversation about The Last Jedi because people are weird about that movie. But 
Um, I went into The Last Jedi, you know, not sure where it was going to go. And then the way The Last Jedi ended reminded me so much of The Empire Strikes Back because for the first time in Star Wars history, outside of The Empire Strikes Back, you actually didn't know where Star Wars was going to go. Are you are you um Oh yeah, yeah, you are talking about Last Jedi. Sorry, I was yeah. surprised Skywalker. Um, no, it's just we didn't know where Star Wars was going to go. We didn't know anything. We were just like, "Oh, hey, you just rocked." They basically rocked the boat again and then the internet got mad about the Last Jedi. Um but Last Jedi I felt was a very similar way of ending a movie like The Empire Strikes Back and I don't know if it was designed like, "Hey, we have to give them an Empire Strikes Back ending," but you had the Empire Strikes Back, just people didn't know what to think. And they like it was the well, I guess we're getting a third Star Wars movie. But what the heck just happened? You know what I mean? Right. Um, and do we believe that Darth Vader told Luke the truth? Do we you know what ha- what's going on with Han? You know, it's it really kind of was very out there. Yeah. So. In an awesome way. In a very awesome way. Um, on paper, it's on paper. I feel like it's everyone's favorite Star Wars film. Um, and that not mine. I, I, I recognize that it's probably the best, and but it's not my favorite. Sure, and that's why that's why I said on paper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because I feel like uh, I feel like when someone says what's your favorite film, if you don't say Empire, you get you know berated for it. Um, so yeah, since we matched on this dude, I'm throwing it back at you. So it's what? What's your next pick? X Men Two. X Men Two. I completely forgot about this one. So go ahead. Okay. Well, think about the ending of X Men Two. At the end of X Men Two, the um, the Blackbird is about to crash, but um, Phoenix, not Phoenix, sorry, Jean Grey, saves the day, saves everybody by sacrificing herself. Yep. And, and so you assume she's dead, but then right before the credits roll, or is it after the credits roll? I can't remember if it's before credits. It's, it's or after the credits. The after, after credits credit scene. The after credits scene is so ambiguous because it just shows that same lake and the water over that lake, and it like pans over the over the water like a helicopter view, viewing straight down into the water. And for less than half a second, you just see this orange outline of a bird that could have been like a flaming reflection of a flaming bird flying over the water. Uh, But you don't even know if you really saw that or not when that ends. You're like, did I see what I think I saw? And if you caught it, then you have to you have to like if you're a fan of the comics, you know that that's a reference to the Phoenix, which is what Jean, Jean Grey becomes. But. If you're not a fan of the comics, you're just like, okay, that was some cool looking water. Um, but, but that was such a great cliffhanger ending of, oh shit, they're going, they're going to go Phoenix now. This, this is going to be incredible. Yeah. And then they ruined it, but that's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then they fixed it and then they ruined it again. And <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. We just can't get the Phoenix correct. But um, I agree with you in terms of that excitement. And X-Men 2 is still. Oh, it's, it's the best. It's, it's the best. still. I don't know if I'd say I, 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 it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, but I was very impressed with a couple of the other ones like Days of Future Past might be my favorite. I think um, Days of Future ba- Past is probably second best for me. Um, um, have you seen Days of Future Past, the rogue cut? I own it. 
and I have yet to watch it. Ooh, uh, don't tell Bryn. She's probably listening to this right now going, what? Um, <laughs> she has a very lot. She has a lot of strong feelings about Days of Future Past. Um, and, I, and I love getting text messages from her when she starts thinking about it because it makes me laugh. Um, I have a lot of strong feelings about that movie, too. It's great. It also has a bit of a of a cliffhanger. Um, but I but but X-Men 2 is I don't know. Maybe it's because of where I was in my life. You know, I was still a teenager. I was still young. I was I was all about the X Men and and ready to see the sequel. And also the scene with um, where they attack uh, Xavier's uh, university when they t- attack his school and, and everybody's asleep and then yeah 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 uh, break in and 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 right before that scene or not right before that but earlier in the movie. Um, or is it even in the first movie when Professor Xavier says, somebody says, aren't you ever worried about somebody coming to take those kids from your, and he says, I, I, I pity. <laughs> it's almost like a Mr. T moment. He's like, I pity the fool who shows up at that place. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then you just get to see what happens when Wolverine pulls his claws out and when Iceman starts uh, uh, using his powers and Colossus turns on his, his skin for the first time. It's, oh my God, that movie's so great. It, yep. I think it's because it's like everybody's united and and they're all working and there's a couple new mutants who start using their powers. But it's like that. It's like the moment at the end of uh, Civil War when everybody's fighting each other. Um, I don't know. It's a great movie. Yep. I agree. <laughs> um, X-Men 2 is fantastic. Um, everyone needs to go. It's on Disney Plus now, so everyone should just watch it. Um. So my next one for the night is Halo 2. Awesome. Yeah, I was waiting for the, like you paused and I was like, this is the one I expected us to bolt. This is the other one I thought we were going to match on when I, put I it had to. I had to. I paused because I had to remember the ending. Yeah, the ending. Uh, Master Chief, what are you doing here? I'm here to finish the fight. Credits. Yep. Like Credits. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here right now to finish the fight. Let's do it. I know you're so like they get you. First off, Halo Two is an incredibly long game. Um, yeah. So kudos to them for making a fantastic uh, game. But when you take Halo One in account to Halo Two, and you could play up to that moment, and then you're all amped up for the big battle, and then they go, "I'm here to finish the fight." Credits. That one, I believe, made the news. In terms of like people being upset about how the move the game ended, yeah, yeah, uh, and I and I was never actually upset about it. I thought it was a really cool ending because it meant we were getting a third game, um, and it was such a it was such a good it was such a good game as a whole. So, um, but that that one kind of, it was kind of a shocking moment because we we're all none of us knew what was happening. Like the, it's just the. Ex- can I just say the the whole experience of Halo Two is one of the more fond memories in my life. <laughs> the ex- <laughs> yeah, the Halo Two experience, and I, and and the video game was phenomenal. And like you said, the cliffhanger at the end is awesome. But uh, that movie was, or that movie that that video game was, um, you could pre-order that thing for like three or four years before it came out. You know, they just kept saying, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. It got to the point where Halo 1 fans were like, this is never going to happen. And then finally you get confirmation it really is going to happen. And 
and and and it, be, it became like a, a midnight release event and you know they had the GameStop open in the mall and the mall itself was open just for this and there was like a dj and a tournament at the at the, the um the release day and then we were all standing in line for hours just to get it almost like it was a brand new movie i think we played until like two or three in the morning at our buddy's house it was that was the best like opening day of a video game experience that i can think of yes i agree and um the what's interesting about that though is that that was like um it was it was all the experience alone around that game and i think that was that was probably the biggest part about it for us um was the experience with our friends in that aspect um, right and that's when hey xbox live it was like the first halo that was going to be on xbox live and that's when we all stopped playing video games together because we're all playing in our own houses but uh yeah, which is bad <laughs> it was it was the best experience but it it killed the, the land the end. it was the beginning of the end yeah um but yeah so halo 2's ending was just it was a phenomenal phenomenal cliffhanger um so yeah uh what's your next one man um my next one is my only one that is not a movie, and it is the season finale of Stranger Things season three. Yeah, um, where they all they all kind of recent season. Hopper um, Hopper is quote unquote dead. That's and, the cliffhanger. And then everyone, in my opinion, that's the cliffhanger. Yeah, and then everyone moves away. Right. The cliffhanger, in my opinion, is the what you just said. Hopper is quote unquote dead, and um, because there's no body, or at least you don't see one on screen. Um, he's he's behind a rock. He's between a rock and a hard place, which is uh, danger on one side and a portal on another side, which is also danger. And the, they're trying to close the portal, and you gotta fit. You gotta decide because she looks away and then she looks back and he's gone. But the but the you know, explosion is stopped or whatever it is. And, and you got to decide, okay, did he die or did he make it through that portal before he would have died? So, right. I, I think, and I think everybody else at this point thinks he made it through, but at the time there was plenty of us that thought he was dead. You know, yep. there's plenty of people that were like, okay, well that's the end of his character and that's the end of this show. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, and I, then, like a couple weeks later, they announced that the show is going to have an, uh, a fourth season and he's cast as that character. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. that's that's I was, I was just going to bring that up. I was like, well, we all know he survived because of the casting announcement. You know what I mean? Right, like, which is like the worst thing they could have done, but they did it. And that's a whole nother conversation for spoilers and stuff, too. Yeah, and marketing <laughs> and, and irresponsible marketing, which we've already Irres had. Irresponsible marketing is the best way of wording that, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's 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 a perfect. I mean, that that's a good one. I completely didn't think about Stranger Things season three. Um, I think it's because I was content with Hopper being dead. dead. If the, well, I was. Here's the thing. He's such a great character. I didn't want him to be dead. But he if you're had gonna, a great story arc, though, he had he, a and, story arc, and that's why I was content with it. And I, was, I, and I agree with you too. I I thought he was dead, but I just had an itch, like. You know, they left it open. He could be alive. And I, I was talking to my wife about it. And she's like, it's crazy because he's dead. And I'm like, yeah, he's dead. Is he? <laughs> but, but 
he might not be. And then she's like, what do you mean? And I kind of explained how I, how I saw the scene. And she's like, oh, you're right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that that season to come out, which, when is it? Is it's not, it's not coming out ever, is it? <laughs> uh, no, there is one. It's not coming out. There is, it is coming. I just don't know what the release date for it is anymore. Um, COVID has really screwed up release dates ever, for everything. Right. I don't have any clue what's going on. This isn't even something you're going to a movie theater to see. This is just something that the production it's, Exactly. It's just going to be on Netflix. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I just don't know how the release dates work anymore. It's I was the guy that I I was I always feel like I'm the person who knows when things are coming out and all that stuff. And I pay real close attention. And that's and, you know, like I go to parties and people are like, hey, have you seen this? I'm like, oh, or like, hey, this movie's coming out. I'm like, no, it's actually out. I've seen it already. You know what I mean? And now yeah. like, I don't even know what's out anymore. Like, it's just it's such a weird like. And then you look at you go through Netflix and you're like, what do you want to watch? Well, I don't even know what Netflix has anymore because of how like everything's set up. So it's just a weird time right now. Um, but when Stranger Things comes back, I'm looking forward to it because I'm I'm really excited for where it's going to go. Um, all right. So my last one for the night is Game of Thrones season five finale. Um, this is the episode where Jon Snow gets stabbed. Oh, uh, nice. The reason this made my list is because so I am a reader of the books before the show. Um, I had read the the first three books were out before the show was uh, even potentially coming. Um, so when they announced the show, I was like, oh, my God, they're doing Game of Thrones. And I had a lot of friends who didn't know what I was talking about. I'm like, you guys will. It's going to be the biggest show. And everyone's like, whatever. Um, and turns out I was right. But the um, <laughs> but reading the books, the fourth one came out pretty close to the show's release. And then the fifth book came out during the show's run. Well, George Martin has not released book six and book seven yet, which is the end of the story. And. When book five ends, Jon Snow gets stabbed, falls back in the snow, and you close the book. So when you got up to that season five finale and Jon Snow got stabbed, I had so many friends looking at me going, "Is he? does he live? What's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's still a cliffhanger. And they're, like, the and they're like, but you read the books. And I go, that's where the books end. <laughs> <laughs> they're all like, oh. they're all like, what? So like everyone was like, what is happening? And all I could say is this is my theory based on things I've read. And, you know, and that's, that's really, really great. All you know, what was great about that is it was a cliffhanger where people were like, is he going to live or die? And then it was there were people who were like, oh, he's going to live. And I don't think there were many people out there who thought, oh, he's going to die and then be brought back to life. Um, But I was one of the people who was thinking, yeah, he's dead. And he's just dead because it's Game of Thrones. Yeah. And you kill people. All your favorite characters. So, yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Um, Well, what I liked about it was it wasn't it was for that entire like year that we had to wait for the next season to come out. It was the eternal conversation. That's all anyone wanted to talk about was the ending of that season. Um, And it was awesome. Like every conversation I went into, all anyone I want to talk about was Game of Thrones. Um, So, well, they fixed that. They fixed that that problem. 
<laughs> I, I, I yes, they did. Um, did, uh, did you not like the ending? Um, just you can give me a yes or no because you and I can talk in real life about the ending and like. I, you know. I could talk about things that I like about it. I could talk about things that I didn't like about it, but I don't think that that it ended the way it should have ended. I, I will say that. That's fair. That's fair. And you and I can debate that some other time. Um, But yeah, so but this specific finale and the reason I use this specific because all the finales were cliffhangers. But the uh, this specific one linked with the books to a point where when people asked me, I had no idea how to answer a question (laughs) because, you know, being a reader of the books and a watcher of the show, you're just like, well, crap, I have no idea. And I don't know what to tell you. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Um, all right. What's your final pick for the night? All right. The final pick for the night. Uh, I, I assume some of your uh, listeners have seen this. Maybe there's some out there who haven't. So I don't want to spoil it too much because it's definitely worth a watch. That is the movie The Ninth Gate. Oh, my God. I love The Ninth Gate. Yeah, that's why I saved it for the end. <laughs> this movie is uh, so good. The movie's incredible. Um it, it, it is a slow movie. It's a Johnny Depp movie, by the way. We were talking about him in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, it's so good. And and the cliffhanger at the end leaves, because there's no sequel to this, and there never will be a sequel to this. Right. It just is a standalone. It's meant to be a standalone. But the cliffhanger at the end is, where, where did he go? Right. And, and, and why did he go? <laughs> and... <laughs> And what what just happened, you know, and you have to kind of make amends about that in your own in your own mind or your own uh, conclusion for that movie. And you're going to want to have a conclusion for that movie because it's such a compelling story. Um, yeah. And if you're going to watch The Ninth Gate, though, um, you got to be ready to deal with religion and you got to be ready to deal with, you know, the idea of heaven, hell, demons and the devil and stuff like that, which some people aren't going to like that idea. But um Man, it's such a good, such a good movie. It's, it's what one of the things that, that really grabbed my attention was just the the book aspect, um, like the the ancient text. Like that really got my attention when the movie started because I, I just didn't know where it was going. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. I'm in. I just want to know about this ancient text and the ancient books and like what the devil wrote a book. Like there's three copies of it in the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that, then one of them's one of them's an original, you know, one of them's original. Which one's the original? Out to be a twist, you know, and the yeah. movie is full of twists. So you shouldn't really be surprised that there's a cliffhanger at the end. But um, yeah, it's a really good like thinker. And I love you know, like heaven versus hell. I love the idea of like, you know, good versus evil or ultimate good versus ultimate evil. But this is kind of like a sideline story to that. And so it just kind of pokes at the idea a little bit here and there. And for the most part, it stays outside of the supernatural realm, but it just slowly creeps towards it and, and, and just at a pace that draws you in. Right. Yeah, ninth gate is ninth gate is phenomenal. Everyone go watch this movie; it's great. Um, all right, well, how about this? Um, that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. Um, brings us to the end of the list. Um, next week we will be doing uh, favorite movies from 2016. Uh, Scott, you are more than welcome to join us if you want. Um, uh, that's what's, a, what's what's a big blockbuster? That, what Marvel movie came out in 2016? I'd have to look up the Mar. Uh, that would have been Civil War. Oh, 
Well, I've already talked a lot about Civil War. So. Well, uh, and the only reason I know it was Civil War is because it was up against another movie that year that was a little controversial, but it was massive. Um, that I guarantee Peter and I will both be talking about when we get to that list. Um, but uh, the um, but no, that's what we're doing next week. So Scott, you're more than welcome to join us if you want. If not, that's okay. Um, but that's what Peter and I will be discussing next week is our favorite movies from that year. And the only reason he picked we picked that year is because we were talking about the election last episode, and Peter said, "What movies came out four years ago when Donald Trump was elected?" Um, so that's why that list came up. So, uh, we'll be doing 2016. Um, do you have any final words on this list, Scott? No, I'm glad we did it. I was excited to do it. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, the only other one that was on my honorable mention was infinity war Avengers infinity war, but we don't need to talk about it. You all know what the cliffhanger was. What What was the cliffhanger? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm actually surprised that didn't make a uh, uh, that made your cut. But when I thought about Infinity War, I realized it's not really a cliff. It's a cliffhanger. But I think I didn't count it as a cliffhanger because we all knew going into that movie that there was a cliffhanger because we all already knew there was another one coming. And that's exactly why it didn't make my top five. That's yeah. why it got bumped to the honorable mentions. And then uh, it got bumped off of the uh, only two honorable mentions because I was like, Andy might bring this up in his list proper. But you didn't. So sure. No, not. not at all. Um, at any rate. So, uh, Scott, you're welcome to join us as always. Uh, I always like it when you come on. Uh, it's just another different perspective when uh, we talk this stuff. So uh, thank you for filling the seat tonight. No uh, My uh, pleasure. Yeah, right. Uh, so everyone, do me all a favor. Uh, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the uh, link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us on all those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. And um, you can leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. It's both. It's exactly the same in both places. Uh, Scott, are you remaining anonymous and you don't want anyone to find you? You can't follow me. Okay, that's fair. Um, so, <laughs> If you're trying to follow me, you are bored. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, so Peter will be back next week. Uh, so for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Scott. Yeah, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for all for listening.